this morning we will talk about how God will humble the proud. And we can see that he is doing that as we speak. I mean, look around us. We can see unbelievable pride. We can turn on the TV for five seconds and see pride everywhere. We can watch the news. We can see pride everywhere. We can look in the mirror. We can see pride everywhere. And the truth is that God is in the business of humbling the proud. And so we have to willingly go to him and ask him, Lord, gently, please humble me. Help me to find humility. Help me to be humble, uh, but to do it in the most gentle way possible. But, you know, a lot of times we have too much pride to go to God and ask him to do that. And when God humbles us, sometimes it's not gentle and sometimes it's not easy. It might be what's best, but that doesn't mean it's easy. And so let's go ahead and, and look at Jeremiah. We're going to start in chapter 12, and let me just summarize chapter 12 for you. In Jeremiah chapter 12, Jeremiah begins this chapter by complaining a little bit to God, asking God, what's taking so long? And so let's look at a, a few verses here in chapter 12. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I complain to you, yet I would plead my case before you. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all who are treacherous thrive? Let me ask you, have you ever gone to God and asked him a difficult question? Why are you doing things the way you're doing them? And that's what Jeremiah is doing. And, and I think a lot of us are doing that right now with everything that's going on with our world. What is going on, God? Why are you allowing this? Why are you doing this? Whatever the case might be. And here in Jeremiah chapter 12, we see Jeremiah doing something similar. There's a lot of wickedness in his day. There are people who are worshiping other gods. There are people who are, are neglecting the poor, neglecting the orphans and the widows. There are people who are sacrificing their children to false gods. Jeremiah is seeing these crazy things happen in the midst of people who call themselves God's people. And he comes to God in chapter 12, and he's, he's brought complaints to God before this, but he comes to him in chapter 12, and he says, I know that you say you're going to, to make all this right. What are you waiting on? Why does the way of the wicked prosper? And we could ask that today about a lot of the wickedness that we see and a lot of the people that, who, who do wicked things, why are they prospering when so many others are suffering? And so this is a common question to us today. This was a common question in Jeremiah's time. I think it's been a common question throughout the ages. And so we get to verse five and, and, and Jeremiah in the first four verses, he has talked about what is going on and his complaints. And then in chapter, in, sorry, chapter 12, verse five, he says, this is what God says in his reply. If you have raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? And if in a safe land, you are so trusting, what will you do in the thicket of the Jordan? And so here's what's going on. God is basically saying, and he's going to explain this and clarify this. God is basically saying that Jeremiah has seen some bad stuff from other nations and within his own nation. But if he hasn't been able to deal with the stuff he's already seen, he's not going to be able to see, to deal with the stuff that he will see because the worst is yet to come. You see, God has determined already because the people refuse to repent that he is going to allow Babylon to come in and destroy his own people, the, destroy Jerusalem and, and the southern kingdom of Judah. And, and, and so God is saying to Jeremiah, look, if you haven't been able to deal with, with these soldiers, how are you going to deal with the kings that you're going to have to deal with? How are you going to have to, how are you going to deal 
with the other leaders that are coming in on horses. And so this is something that's convicting to me because I look at my life and I look at how often I complain about my circumstances or what's going on. And the question is, is if I can't deal with that, how am I going to deal with the true trials that God puts me through and puts us through? And I think that right now we're going through some of those true trials, aren't we? Many of us watching this or listening to this, we have gone through a lot of turmoil in the last few weeks and and maybe the worst is yet to come I, I hope not but we we have to trust God in with where we are because how do we know that it's not going to get worse and that's what Jeremiah that's what God is telling Jeremiah here and if if we continue on into verses 6 through 14 God continues to tell Jeremiah that he just needs to be patient because judgment is coming and in fact, in verse 14, he says he's going to pluck up these nations and, and even his own nation who is in disobedience to him, that he is going to um, make the wicked answer for what they have done. Uh, but then we get to verse 15. And in verse 15, he says, and after I have plucked them up, I will again have compassion on them. Praise God. Praise God that even in the midst of our pride, even in the midst of our struggles, when we're the ones who sin and we're the ones over and over again who go against his wishes, that he shows compassion. And he says here, I will again have compassion on them and I will bring them again, each to his heritage and each to his land. And so I pray that God would have mercy during this season, that he would have mercy right now with people who are struggling with so many countries across the world who are struggling with this right now and who the, the difficult days are not behind us. We have difficult days ahead. And so God, I pray that you would be merciful, that you would show compassion to us right now, as I know many watching pray the same thing. And then in the next verse, he says, thus says the Lord, or sorry, I'm sorry, this is chapter 13. Um, so in 15 through 17, he continues to say that he is going to have compassion, that he is going to um, he's going to bring about some some things that need to happen, and, and then we get to chapter thirteen, and he says this because before the compassion comes, judgment has to come. Before he has compassion, he's going to make right the wrongs, and in chapter thirteen, verse one, we see this. Thus says the Lord to me. Go and buy a linen loincloth and put it around your waist and do not dip it in water. So this is a strange passage. We go from him saying that, hey, judgment is coming, but he's also going to have compassion after the judgment. We go from him saying that to him telling Jeremiah to go and get a linen loincloth. And so uh, this is strange. This would be like God telling us to go get a pair of underwear and do this with it. So let's, let's see what he says. Go and buy this loincloth and put it around your waist and do not dip it in water. So I bought a loincloth according to the word of the Lord and I put it around my waist. Sometimes God asks some pretty strange things. I, I, I love passages like this in the Bible because it's such a shock to a lot of people to know that the Bible is full of incredible stories, crazy stories, things that you, you wouldn't believe. And, but oftentimes we, we don't hear these sermons preached or we look over these, this part of the Bible when we're reading through it. Um, but this is a, an 
an interesting thing, and it wouldn't be here if God didn't have a reason for it. So let's get to that reason. Let me read this story, and we'll see why God is telling Jeremiah to do these things. So I bought the loincloth according to the word of the Lord, and I put it around my waist. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Take the loincloth that you have bought, which is around your waist, and arise. Go to the Euphrates, which was a river, and hide it there in a cleft of the rock. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates, as the Lord commanded me. And after many days, the Lord said to me, Arise, go to the Euphrates, and take from there the loincloth that I commanded you to hide there. All right, so let's catch up with what was, what's going on in these first six verses of, the, of chapter 13. God tells him to go buy some underwear or loincloth, put it on, take it off, bury it under a rock by the river, and then he comes back to him and says, Arise, go to the, the Euphrates and, and get the loincloth that I commanded you to hide there. Then, this is Jeremiah, then I went to the Euphrates and dug and I took the loincloth from the place where I had hidden it. And behold, the loincloth was spoiled. It was good for nothing. So, of course, after days of being buried, this is what happens to fabric. And, and this shouldn't be a surprise, but in verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to me, thus says the Lord, even so will I spoil the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. So Jeremiah, he, he is given this illustration of burying this loincloth and the loincloth spoils. And then God comes to him and says, this is exactly what's going to happen to my country, to my people. They're going to be spoiled. And now for those of you who know Jeremiah, you know what's coming. Babylon, and it says this at the end of the chapter, so I encourage you after we're finished to read the rest of the chapter because we won't cover it all in this sermon. But he, he comes to Jeremiah and he tells him um, that Jerusalem is going to be destroyed, that the Judah, the southern kingdom where Jerusalem is, that God is going to allow Babylon, the Babylonians will come in and they will destroy and it's going to, he's going to work good from it, and we, we'll get to that in chapter 29. But here in chapter 13, we see these horrible things prophesied. And he uses this crazy illustration of a ruined loincloth to show what's going to happen to Judah and the city of Jerusalem. And so in verse 10, this evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own heart, have gone after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall be, those people, they shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. These are strong words. And so God is going to humble them. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the illustration and how crazy it is. And, and he's trying to prove a point that things are about to get crazy and that just as the loincloth was spoiled and good for nothing, so is going to be a, this entire region of Judah, this entire city, one of the greatest, greatest cities in the world, Jerusalem, it's going to be ruined. And this is heartbreaking, I'm sure, for Jeremiah to hear, even though he's the one asking for judgment to come, he's, he's just wanting God to, to, you know, put the bad people in their place and let things continue. That's what we assume. But Though God is going to judge the entire region. He's going to judge all of his people. And, and so in continuing in verse 11, For as the loincloth clings to the waist of a man, 
So I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might, might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory. So God is saying when things were good, when they were as they should have been, Judah and Jerusalem were operating as they should have. They were clinging to God. But look at how he ends the verse. But they would not listen. God came to Abraham. He came to Moses. He came to David. And he renewed, he made a covenant and renewed a covenant with those guys that his people, the Israelites, the people who live in Judah, the people who live in Jerusalem, that they would be his special people among all the nations. And they would be to him a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And they were going to live for him. They were going to be his witnesses in all the world of the goodness of God. And that would have been good. But the people constantly did not listen. They constantly turned back to their own sin. And we can say that about ourselves. It would be easy for Christians to, to point fingers and say, look at what all these people are doing around the world. And look at how they're not following God. But if we're honest with ourselves, we can look at Christianity and a lot of Christians, especially here in America, speaking as an American Christian, I can say that, unfortunately, a lot of us are not following God with all of our hearts. At the, earlier, we sang, I surrender all, and we, we're not surrendering all to him. We're surrendering some things that make us comfortable, but the, the true sacrifices that God's asking us to give up or to do for him, we're not doing those things. Not all of us, but many of us. And so, I pray and I hope that even as, as terrible and horrific as COVID-19 is, I hope that God uses it to wake us up, to stir us, to bring good from this. Just as he used the Babylonians and, and their destruction of Judah and Jerusalem to bring good to the Israelites, I pray that he would use this horrible thing to bring good to us and that he would, would help us to, to be the people that he has called us to be and that we would cling to him that we would trust him during these days and that we wouldn't just trust him while we're going through this, that this would bring about a transformation in us that lasts long after this is over, that God would use this to transform us into people who love him and who are sold out to him, who do surrender all to him. And so continuing on in this chapter, it moves past this. God gives another illustration of some, uh, containers that are filled with wine and he says so is judah and jerusalem they're 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 not going to know what has happened to them because i'm going to bring in this judgment and it's going to leave people in a stupor uh, but then we get to verse 15 hear and give ear be not proud for the lord has spoken we have to take heed to what is going on in our world right now we cannot just ignore this. God is speaking to us. He is challenging us. Even in the midst of this chaos, God is saying, listen, don't be proud. How can we look around us and all we see is pride still in the midst of this chaos? That's what was going on in Jeremiah's day. And unfortunately, my opinion is, is that's a lot of what's going on today. Verse 16 Give glory to the Lord, your God, before he brings darkness, 
before your feet stumble on the twilight mountains. And while you look for light, he turns it into gloom and makes it deep darkness. So it, we see here in this verse that God is saying, give glory to him. Give glory to the Lord, your God, before he brings darkness. We have to, to turn to him now before it's too late. He knew that the people of Judah and Jerusalem weren't going to do that. Is the same going to be said of us in future generations when we look back at what happened here? Or are we going to allow God to do great things in his church through this scenario? Maybe you're not even a member of a church. Maybe you're watching this and you have never put your faith in God. You've never been saved. I encourage you to trust him now for the first time. Put your faith in him. Or maybe you're a part of the church, a hard church here at Mansfield First Baptist, or maybe another church, and you're watching this. I hope and I pray that if you're a Christian, that you have put your faith in the Lord, you have become a follower of his. I hope and I pray that you would trust him now, that you would humble yourself before him, that you would ask him, God, what are you trying to show me in all this? Because if we can't hear his voice and get and, and we if he can't get our attention through this, what's it going to take? Look at the world right now. Look at the shape it's in. Look at all the things that are going on, not just this disease and not just the economy, but look at the plagues that are happening, the locusts that are going on in Africa right now. Look at the other natural disasters that are taking place, whether it's tornadoes or whatever the case might be. If God cannot get our attention in this, what is it going to take? Let us repent now. Let us not wait. Let us turn, repent. That just means to turn back to God, to turn away from our sin, to turn away from the way we've been doing things, and to turn back to God. Because if he cannot get our attention through this, I promise you, he will get our attention through something. And hopefully we don't wait too long before the end of time when he will get all of our attentions, when every knee bows and every tongue confesses. Because for some of us, it will be too late then to repent. Now, my prayer is, is that before things turn into gloom and darkness, as, as you see here on the bottom of the screen, I hope and I pray that he, we will humble ourselves before the Lord. Look at verse 17. But if you will not listen, my soul will weep in secret for your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. Destruction is coming to Jerusalem during these days. That's, that's what God is saying in the book of Jeremiah. He is going to do what is necessary to get their attention. And they choose not to listen. And he does what is necessary. As verse, 10, verse 17 says he will. And so for us, my hope and my prayer is that right now that we would get on our knees, that we would ask God, is there anything wicked in us? Is there anything that we need to stop doing or anything that we need to start doing for your glory? And if the answer is yes, we need to stop doing something, then confess your sin now and say, God, help me to stop this. Help me to turn back to you. Help me to repent of my sin and trust you and help me to be uh, a an honor to you. Help my life to glorify you. Or maybe there's something in your life that you haven't been doing that you know you need to start doing. 
then you ask God, God, help me to honor you in that. Help me to start doing this thing that you have called me to do. And, and you can glorify God in that way. But God forbid that we continue on down the same path that we've been down. God forbid that the world doesn't learn from this, just as it would have been a travesty for Jerusalem not to learn uh, from the destruction of Judah. And they did, even if it was a temporary education, they learned. And you can see the, the revival that came. If you read Nehemiah and Ezra, the books outside of Jerusalem, uh, sorry, outside of Jeremiah, and, and you can see what God did in Jerusalem and how he restored them to himself, uh, that they clung to him once again. And I hope and I pray that that could be said of us, but I hope this doesn't have to continue. I hope that God's, if this is God bringing some kind of judgment, I hope that that doesn't have to continue. Or if this is just the, him allowing things to, to play out as the course of nature and, and science is dictated, whatever it is, I hope that that worse doesn't have to come before God gets our attention. I hope that, that we have already repented, and if not, that we will repent now and that we will turn back to him. And so let me pray for us. And, and my prayer and my hope is, is that we will heed the word of God and that we will listen to him and that we will turn back to him. Let's pray. God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts right now. I pray that you would have mercy on the sinners. Lord, I thank you that you have had mercy on me. I thank you that you show me your graciousness over and over and over again, even though I don't deserve it. I thank you that even though I continue to fail you and I continue to not be the man that you have called me to be, you have shown me your favor and you have shown me uh, mercy over and over again. And I pray that you would show mercy now to anyone who calls out to you. But we know, Lord, that there are some who will not listen. And we know that your soul weeps for them, just as in Jeremiah 7, uh, sorry, verse 17 of chapter 13. Lord, we pray that you would just be irresistible to people, that your love and your mercy, that people would turn back to you and they would long for your goodness and that you would help us to be the people that you've called us to be during these days, that we would trust you and that we would live for you and that we would be an a light to others, that people would see the way we love you and we love them, and that it would be a testimony to your goodness. Lord, use us in these incredibly tragic and hard days. Use us. And God, I thank you for the goodness that we do see. I thank you for those who are putting their favor and their, their trust, sorry, in you, and that you, you would just make that even more evident to us, that we would see goodness in the midst of the darkness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I hope that as we finish this and we go about our weeks, uh, I hope that God continues to show favor and he continues to show mercy even in the midst of hard times. And if it, I just want to encourage you.